It's Who's On Him Time. Welcome back to the pod. We are really excited to have JR back on board. No coaches interview this week. We are very time poor and we needed to get something out, but hopefully we crammed enough content in between us that you'll get some enjoyment out of it. Let's get things started. We're on. Welcome to our eighth, yes, you heard correct, our eighth installment of Who's On Him, the official podcast of the Quadruple AFL. My word, am I a happy boy today because it's been fantastic having a random assortment of Quadruple AFL coaches uh, saving the pod over the last few weeks. But I've missed my co-host, the person who I... I was about to say trust the most, but I don't think I do trust <laughs> you the most. I don't trust anyone in this league, actually. <laughs> but the, the, the person I may have known... Possibly the longest in this group. Maybe John Madison's uh, could get a run in there, uh, believe it or not. But I am joined by Josh Ryan. JR, welcome back, first of all. How are you feeling? Yeah, Dill, I'm good. Um, happy to happy to be back uh, after a couple of uh, couple of weeks on the uh, on the sick list. So yeah, I've missed it. Wasn't sure if I'd uh, if I'd get my job back. To be honest, uh, such was the the job that some of the other uh, coaches did in my absence. But uh, yeah, happy you've you've got me back. They did do really well, actually. In particular, I've got to give a shout out to Regan because I've had multiple reports, including from my lovely wife, that Regan was very funny in the pod. But like, there's only just so much you can take of him. There, there's just so much dry humor that comes with Regan that you can actually go, okay, that's enough now. I thought he was uh, exceptional on the last one. So, and and uh, yeah, noted to you a couple of particular uh, yeah pearls of wisdom that came out that I, I appreciated quite a lot. So yeah, shout out Regan, uh, good job. Hey, really quick one. Is there any truth to the rumor that uh, while you were taking a leave of absence, you were purposely avoiding the podcast and me in particular because the week that you had off, you were about to play me in quadruple AFL fantasy. And then the week after, which you also had off, you had lost to me in quadruple AFL fantasy. (laughs) Can you confirm or deny these rumors? Look, my, my return this week certainly lends some credibility to those uh, those accusations uh fresh off uh the absolute walloping i just gave jono but uh no no it's uh yeah all uh, all above board yeah congratulations for your uh well somewhat fortuitous win over me the the week before but uh but uh yeah no no uh no truth to the rumors i, I was actually sick <laughs> Are we agreeing that it was fortuitous? Like I understand, <laughs> I understand that there was a couple of subs for you, but I think the winning margin in the end from a masterclass from Zach Guthrie may have just put it away anyway. <laughs> are, are, are we saying fortuitous? I, I think the margin of nearly two hundred points probably puts it slightly <laughs> out of the realms of uh, fortuitous, but that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Oh, it doesn't matter. We've got we've got the shit hot collective mind galaxy reigns anyway now, so it's all in the past. Hey, before we get on, we're not going to make this a Crows podcast, but we have to talk about what took place on Thursday night. I came down for Gather Round, and it was my first Crows game for season 2023, and probably one of my only ones, depending on how the rest of the, I guess, the flight prices go. My word, I I can't even describe what I saw in that first quarter, (laughs) and I think it's probably about time that we start saying we are officially shit hot. Thoughts? Look, I mean, I've watched a fair bit of footy over my time. Um, and and I don't I don't think it's a stretch to say that 
the last three weeks and in particular Thursday nights to open gather round in Adelaide, which was fantastic. It's probably some of the best footy that, that the AFL has ever seen. I, I mean, I, I know that, that you and I uh, in the first quarter, while we were piling on eight goals in all of about 10 minutes, we're just absolutely beside ourselves on the hill, as I'm sure you can attest. You say that it was the best football you, or the AFL have probably ever seen. Was there any AFL representatives at the game that Lockie Norman played for Mitchell Park Reserves? Or <laughs> because that was the that was the greatest 15 minute spell I've ever seen of anybody play ever. Well, it's just a shame that it got cut so short when his two legs just <laughs> spontaneously combusted. <laughs> I've never seen a man tear every muscle in his leg before but I assume it must have looked a lot like that as he waddled off towards the bench (laughs) my last quick thought on the Crows game is one of my biggest fears in life and I have many but one of my biggest fears in life is losing Josh Rochelle to a Victorian team and you and I have spoken many times about he just looks very Carlton he looks very Carlton he looks like one day he'll put on the navy blue he fits the aesthetic Uh, I think he might have even come from that way to be honest with you uh yeah uh carlton supporter growing up carlton supporter growing up (laughs) and i'll tell you what if you're going to put a beat down on anybody's team to say why would you even consider going there i'm so glad that was carlton on thursday night (laughs) oh it was just just phenomenal uh yeah the absolute first quarter pylon was uh yeah shades of early 2017 with uh there was even suggestions that you uh flight center again just like that year and um, maybe look into the the possibility of uh some uh, grand final packages but uh, you and i have both upgraded to to gold membership mm. this year and currently that is looking like uh Great it could be a uh, a brilliant sense of uh, sense of timing so i think i said to you at one stage on the hill while, while also putting down some egregiously priced beers that <laughs> <laughs> is this 2017? Are we in 2017 again? And then there were calls to go out after, but <laughs> no, nobody seemed to want to for some reason. Yeah, well, it's a it's a shame because the uh, the two hundred dollars you could spend at the London on a Friday night <laughs> on three dollar drinks in 2017 was uh, something uh, something to be be held in great regard. So, um, I just uh, yeah, you mentioned that you know Joshua Shelley going to Carlton, you know, was one of your biggest fears, um, which is fine. Would you say your second biggest fear is uh, playing Hawthorne in Tasmania? Like uh, <laughs> it's about to happen this week, and we are every chance to uh, get well ahead of ourselves in that game. We love doing what we call narrative betting, and it it sort of like goes against the grain of what the odds might be or what realistically should be happening in games. Because realistically, this is a walk up win for the shit hot Adelaide Crows, regardless of where it's played. But you and I know best. You and I know to avoid tipping or betting on the Crows when they're playing GWS on a Saturday afternoon, <laughs> Fremantle on a Sunday afternoon, or Hawthorne when you have to cross water. <laughs> they're the three. That, they're the three that you avoid. So as much as I'm confident, I'm also very scared. Yes. Yeah, I reckon we we've played down there, Jesus, at least once a year for the last fifteen. I don't recall too many wins and, and often we've played like we've had to actually swim to Launceston from Adelaide. So I would not be shocked at all to see the wheels come off, but uh, hopefully not. Uh, enough crow talk. Let's get to get him off. Fucking get him off. Yeah. Um, get He's coming off. Man, get, get him back off. off. Get him off. Get him off. Get him off. Get him off. Oh. Rocket, rocket. We can't hear. Not straying too far from the topic of gather round. As I mentioned, JR, on 
Thursday morning, I caught a flight with Alicia and Otis and we headed over to the beautiful city of Adelaide to partake in the festivities of Gather Round. And Otis also saw the Wiggles. So it was a win-win for all involved. <laughs> I'm going to go with Get Him Off First, JR, because something happened probably a few hours after we'd landed. And we had picked up our car that we hired from uh, Bradley Williams Car Hire Service. We 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 rented a lovely blue 2009 Holden Cruise. Um, and I recommend anybody that's in the market for a hire car while in Adelaide to uh, make contact with me and use the uh, use a coupon code Quadruple AFL and you'll get you'll get a great discount. Uh, so thank you to Be Will for letting us borrow your car for the weekend. That was great. Um, took the car to our accommodation and when we booked for Gather Round. Uh, we had to obviously book at the last minute because it was, you know, sort of early March and everything was taken. And most of the group would be familiar with uh, the dwellings that we were presented uh, upon arrival. So Alicia and I drove to the Esplanade Hotel in Brighton. Not the most reputable establishment, but we, <laughs> when we were selecting hotels and accommodation, we looked at the photos and we said, all it is is a place to sleep. We're going to be out for most of the day anyway. Who cares? And the photos, that they were okay. They were, they were fine. It was just a room and whatever. OJR, much to my dismay. Actually, no, I'm going to take you back. I'm going to start from the, the very top of the experience. We pull into the car park. We then have to enter the Esplanade Hotel. And to enter the Esplanade Hotel, you have to walk through the bistro. So you're walking past the salad bar <laughs> to get to the reception. To, to did, they, did they have potato bake in the salad bar? I can confirm I didn't have any. Um, as we had discussed over the weekend, how good a salad bar is, but I did have a very keen eye on the pasta salad. I was, I was wondering if there's some sort of like room service arrangement that could just deliver the whole, like, the whole Bay Marie like, to the my room. Tray, like. <laughs> anyway, as we're walking through the bistro, uh, we also then need to cut through the gaming area. <laughs> so at about 11am or whatever time it was on a Thursday morning, Alicia, I reckon she even put sunglasses on at this point, not wanting to be recognised in the gaming area of the Esplanade Hotel, thinking that, you know, people would see her having a slap on the pokies. We made our way through to reception, who then told us the person who deals with the accommodation isn't here yet, so you'll have to wait. So we (laughs) we waited 15 minutes for this person to come. They rock up, all good, book us in, here's your key and show us to our room. On the way to our room was uh, a let's say a rougher gentleman who we very soon found out was staying next door to us who came up to <laughs> the, the person who was giving us our keys while, you know, working with us and while uh, accommodating us and said, I've lost my code. I've lost my code. <laughs> so we hadn't even seen the room yet and it wasn't, it wasn't off to a hot start. <laughs> in we go into the room and the first thing I notice is, oh, it's a bit smaller than the photos. And that was that was because there was a gigantic air conditioner that was protruding into the bed. When I say it's protruding, everybody in the group can go back and have a look at the photo. It is sticking into the bed where your head would lay if you had pillows down there. I mean, I actually thought the the touch of the curtain hanging into the air conditioner while being a fire hazard was was quite a nice touch. I then decided to lay on the bed against my better judgment and that wasn't good either. It was very lumpy. The, the pillows were awful. It was it was not great. But anyway, as I said, it's just a room. It's just a room for a night. All good. Yeah, and obviously, like, it, the room wasn't all bad. I mean, you did have quite a nice blue bathroom uh, off to the side there and, you know, a shower curtain uh, sort of arrangement. 
I mean, I mean, it wasn't all bad. It had some bells and whistles. I don't care what establishment you're in. If you're in a first world country, there should not be a shower curtain in your <laughs> in your paid accommodation. <laughs> but you are correct. Never a shower curtain. No, never a shower never curtain. a shower curtain. So to the right hand side or to the left hand side, depending which way you're looking at it, of our bed was the bathroom, which had a shower curtain and a not so clean bathroom. The uh, I guess you call it like a mini bath fridge, which was actually like the size of just a mini fridge in general. <laughs> <laughs> was next door to us and that had grime on it and i kept and also nothing in it <laughs> nothing in it either so uh anyway kept telling myself it's only for a few nights we can make do we're going to be out it's just a place to rest our head at the beginning of all this process especially once entering the room alicia had a bit of a giggle to start with oh this is a bit shit ha 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 about 20 minutes of just laying in the room going, okay, what are we going to do next? I had a look over at Alicia and she's on her phone Googling Adelaide accommodation last minute. <laughs> <laughs> and I can absolutely assure you that we moved very quickly from joking, ha isn't this a bit funny to get me the fuck out of here? Otherwise we're going to absolutely kick off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looked terrible. It looked absolutely terrible. So... Thank you to yourself for housing us that night. Uh, thank you to the Hilton Hotel for charging us an arm and a leg for Saturday night. And thank you for Lockie for letting us stay over Saturday night. It is greatly appreciated at our end. So my get him off is to the Esplanade Hotel in Brighton. Rant over, JR. Yeah, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really sure where to go with this this week. You know, so I, I've sort of gone with something that, yeah, mildly irked me over the weekend and but has irked me for for a long time and that is the city of perth and the state of western australia but frankly they have no right to even demand that they be considered for future gatherings there is so many things wrong which you will attest to i know you're very anti-perth so many things wrong with having it there and, and sort of the outrage that you saw from the people of western australia after it was announced that it would be staying in the fine city of Adelaide um, for the next three years. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's just outrageous. You're never going to hold it in Perth. I don't have an issue if Perth hosts gather round, but it can't be for the AFL. It has to be for Super Rugby. <laughs> <laughs> I or, like, or like a gather round, I don't know, like... Mining competition, maybe like you get all the big mine sites together in Perth, and they they like have a bit of a dig off, like the FIFO Olympics. <laughs> but the, the problem is, uh, are all the workers are they gonna are they gonna represent sort of WA or are they gonna represent Bali? Like, it's, like there's just no there's just no way you could possibly hold it in Perth. It's too far away, logistically, an absolute nightmare to get to. Um, for both fans and teams alike like you've got teams that are going to be playing off like five day breaks either side you're really going to send like brisbane to perth like two flights and like two games all within a week potentially like, it's just not going to work perth? Like, how are the fans are going to get there what we're going to pack the car up and drive <laughs> for five days across the nullarbor well like, this makes absolutely no sense and how dare they they held that grand final that was would you say that the most uninspiring grand final of all, all time? They because that's how I would that's all I would say. They stole it from us. Like we were absolutely packaged yeah. up, ready to go. So the fact that they're complaining about gather round when they host a freaking grand final is outrageous. 
the fact that they even came close to hosting a grand final on their ridiculous Perth time. What are we like? <laughs> if it's eight fifty one PM Dairy Cow time right now, it would have to be what three thirty in the afternoon over there or something. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's twenty nineteen. Like, <laughs> like it's just yeah. Like you can't. You know those games that they put on in Perth is like oh, like the second half of those double headers that they have on like a Good Friday. I feel like they did that last year, mm. and it was like. But it's on the game finished. It was like, oh, Jesus. Like, on the Eastern Seaboard, it'd be at least, like, 1 a.m. <laughs> impossible. One of the common, I guess, narratives in our group is once the, the TV show The Bounce starts, that's the end of your weekend, and that's when, you know, the Sunday depression's hit. <laughs> I would make it a very strong argument that that, like, 4.30, 5 o'clock <laughs> Perth game that's always on, that is when depression hits. What, you didn't like uh, West Coast and GWS a couple of weeks ago? That didn't tickle your fancy? Believe it or not, I didn't get that one past Alicia to watch on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. No, no, I, I, I don't want to hear anything from Perth about Gather Round. They have absolutely no right to, uh, to claim it. It is rightfully uh, Adelaide's um, from here on out, and I hope it stays that way. So, Perth, get your grubby hands off. Perth, get them off. Brighton Esplanade Hotel, get him off. And Hilton Hotel, you're on notice. <laughs> we'll be back after the break. Welcome back. I'm just really quickly trademarking FIFO Olympics and trying to see if there's a, <laughs> if there's a website name uh, that's attached to it already because I think that could take off very soon. So uh, if I'm distracted during this next period, JR, you'll know why. If Even if it doesn't take off, I feel like we could run that website as a bit of a parody. So... <laughs> I'll be looking into that domain name pretty quickly. Let's get into round five. We are starting to now, what I thought was find some separation, but we're not. It's actually gone the opposite way in round five. We started to clog everything back up again. And if you think you've got a read of a team, try again, because this is a really, really difficult season. Let's start at the top. My game, Revolving Doors, 14-33. Lose to the now shit-hot wooden spooners, Jared Presbury, who is on fire at the moment. 1561. Yes, you heard correct. 1561. Frustrating game, this one, from my perspective. I had, to be honest with you, only one bad, bad score, and that was a 29 from Zerha, although you can make an argument that a 53 from Sam petrescu Seaton isn't great either. But apart from that, they're all in the 70s and above, but nothing outrageous, nothing big to sink my teeth into, which I think uh, it was really disappointing. I didn't like the fact that I had Brayshaw and Took uh, playing in the same game, meaning I could only VC one. I didn't uh, go the brave uh, VC and captain move like Alex does <laughs> and did again this week, by the <laughs> way, which we'll get to. <laughs> Presbury on the other side, just Nick Dacos. Can we spend like the next 45 minutes on Nick Dacos? This man is going to win a Brownlow and he's, what, 19, 20 years old? Well, I think I looked at like the, I was looking at the coaches association votes the uh, the other day and he's already like, I think he's on 35 and we've had five rounds. That's like he is just absolutely dominating. He is hundred percent would be hundred percent ahead in the Brown at the moment. Presbury had a really good week. And now I'm starting to wonder, have we underrated Presbury? Because a lot of these scores now having a look over the last couple of weeks are actually quite consistent. So he's got the likes of Butters now performing. He's got nineties from Ashcroft, which you'd think that he would probably score quite a few of them throughout the year. Draper might, be starting to become a bit of a relatively okay Ruckman, although he did kick three goals, I think, in that game, which is just ridiculous for him. He's also got players like Humor Cluggage and Prestia underperforming at the moment. So if they get their shit together, who knows with Presbury. I'll be honest with you, 
I'm frustrated with my team, but I'm not blow it up. I don't know what's going on. You know, I'm in all sorts because she has to say that I'm in a trade deal. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what I was going to mention. I'm not blowing it up. And meanwhile, by the time this podcast actually comes out, there's every chance you'll have blown it up. <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody. It's fine. Uh, all I'm going to say about this game is it's fine. I can't do much. I moved to three and two, and I believe Presbury also moved to three and two. Any quick thoughts in this game before we move on? No, not really. I, I'm not surprised that Presbury's team is capable of, of a you know good score like that. I thought it was probably underrated a little bit at the uh, the start of the year, and he's put together a competitive team. I, I think you know with a lot of people that I've had discussions with there is a lot of even teams in this competition uh-huh. this year and on any given week most of them can probably you know roll over anyone uh bar probably yeah three or four um that can happen so i don't think you should be discouraged i think uh you can uh take it in your stride and, and yeah. bounce back and yeah you're still very much in the uh in the uh action zone at uh, at three and two Last quick one before we go. Hunter Clark has defender mid-status and is dropping some pretty nice scores for Presbury. Does that hurt you and on what sort of emotional level? <laughs> a significant emotional level. In fact, I, I was only thinking about Hunter Clark the other day and I was actually <laughs> probably about two minutes away from uh, trying to trade for him with Brett. So I didn't I didn't uh, send him a, a message, but uh, Hunter Clark is in my, uh, in my thoughts and uh, potentially in my sights. So... Was it? At, ready for that in was that like? Was it? Was your thoughts of Hunter Clark at like an appropriate time? Like you went out for dinner with your beautiful partner and going, "I wonder what Hunter Clark's doing right now." Oh no, I, I don't know when I was thinking about him, but uh, you know, I think I think about him often. So <laughs> <laughs> he's a good player. He is a very good player. Just a glass jaw, as Jono says. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's move on to the next game. It's yours, JR. We're doing our games first too without even realizing. I'm going to throw over to you. Yeah. You, this is great for podcast content, by the way. <laughs> Collective Mind Galaxy Brains 1581 defeat. Jono 1427. Summarize the game for me. What What was that score again? You, JR 1581 defeat. Yeah. Jono 1427. Okay. No, I, I did hear you the first time. I just wanted to hear it again. But um, look, I... I I've been thinking about this podcast and obviously there is the podcast curse and you do have to tread very carefully um, because, you know, the, the, the team that I, I did um, dispose of on the weekend, <laughs> dispose their coach, <laughs> their coach was uh, obviously on the podcast over the last couple of weeks and look, had some, had some frank things to say about um, my team and, and my performance. Mm. So uh, it was a yeah, it was a nice win to uh, yeah get to get to three and two. Um, yeah, I, I feel pretty comfortable that I'm sort of trending in the right direction. Definitely, probably not one of the best few teams at the moment, but uh, yeah, definitely sort of in that mid zone mix where uh, if things go right, I can uh, look forward. So uh, yeah, it's obviously a huge uh, one forty from uh, Rowan Marshall. Yeah, got the got the job done despite a couple of late outs with uh, Scrimshaw being. Uh, being sick and also Dugowie, um going sick. So I hope they've gone to the doctor and, and got their medical certificates in because we will uh, be requiring them uh, this week. You say that Jack Scrimshaw was sick, but it was only last week that you were sick of Jack Scrimshaw. I can't say, I can't say his name. I'm going to quit that gag. Say, say, say Jack Scrimshaw like seven times in the mirror and if you get it out, he actually pops up behind you with a cheap kick into the back pocket. 
Um, yeah, look, he, he's been a frustrating one. He was obviously injured at the start of the year and then came back, dropped a massive score, followed by a 36 and then went six. So his performance ha- has not been up to scratch. So he will want to pull his finger out pretty quick, but uh didn't matter. Got the job done. A couple of big scores from uh, Marshall, 140. Isaac Cumming, uh, 121. And I reckon Sheezel cracked a ton. Oh, and Darcy Fogarty uh, with a big 121 as well. So... Yeah, good performances across the board, and uh, yeah, happy with my team at the moment. But uh, yeah, still some still some work to do, and yeah, I'm not getting ahead of myself by any means. But uh, very nice result. Last quick thing on your team before we move on to Jono's: is there a chance that you gave Scrimshaw and JDG whatever you had, and that's the reason why they're out this game? <laughs> Look, we're we're a close knit unit, and they did come around to my house and uh, bring me some chicken noodle soup, and so they they might have got a little bit too close, but. Uh, yeah, so hopefully they're back this week. Lock it down. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, not a not a great result for Jono. I I thought Jono might sort of have to get to maybe five and zero, six and one before he sort of headed off for for Greece and Croatia and wherever else he's going. So pretty hard, pretty hard to compete in this league when you when you're in Europe. So he's going to need to find a couple more wins before he goes. I reckon for a bit of a buffer. I have some grave concerns for Jono's team at the moment. There was a dubious trade made uh, last week with Grady and now he's lost Saad for this week. Uh, he's coming up against me who is ready to, I guess, uh, forget about last week and put in a really good performance. So there is every chance that Jono would quickly move to three and three at the end of this week. And as I said that, I just realized I've probably given myself the podcast curse, <laughs> but that's okay. But but in good news for you, he and good news for me last week, he did trade away the AFL's now best player, Chase Jones, uh, in that deal as steak knives to Grady and promptly uh, dropped <laughs> a very comfortable hundred. So and I, I know that's hurting him because he was about the one of the only last Chase believers. So <laughs> that's really hurt him that trade. Yeah, if Nick Dacos isn't winning the Brownlow, you have to really ask a question <laughs> about Chase. Um, uh, Chase, Chase joins uh, Coaches Association votes the last two weeks, by the way. So, JR, welcome to the 3-2 and two club. And Jono, also welcome to the 3-2 and two club. That is now four teams at 3-2. and two. Interesting to see there. Next wow. game, DVTT's Regan. Mastrangello. <laughs> Where, where what's his what's his background? Uh, believe it or not, it might be Italian. <laughs> Fourteen eighty-three defeat. Slippery licorice. John Madison's brace yourself. Eleven eighty-six. Not even cracking twelve hundred. I'm just going to throw immediately to you because I'm sure you have thoughts. Oh, that is, that is very disappointing for for Russia's uh, number one uh, AFL fantasy player. <laughs> uh, sorry, he, the- he he corrected me. He's Latvian. <laughs> Okay, well, he may be Latvian, but there was some heavy sanctions placed on his uh, scoring output this week <laughs> because 1186 is poor, just just bad. And, and frankly, not his fault. He copped, was it two in-game injuries? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. yeah. And, 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 I, and I feel a little bit bad because John... Nah. So, you're, you're saying no? Nah, <laughs> sorry. No, you, you've lost me when you say <laughs> it's not all his fault. Yes, I, I agree. He's copped two injuries. One of them being to your man, Sam Swikowski, <laughs> who <laughs> scored... scored. We, we, are, we remain on Twitter watch. <laughs> we're, still, we're still very much keeping an eye out for Twitter, um, who went off on two. And also Chad Wingard, who hates playing football that much that he decided to bite his tongue off. 
I saw that. I only realized that that's what happened yesterday. I was like, a lacerated tongue. I have never heard of a lacerated tongue in my life. To, to be fair to Chad, that looked absolutely brutal. And I don't want anyone yeah. to ever have to experience that. That is just something else. We, do we know what happened to Switter? Because I did see John sent him back to the pile on uh, on Tuesday, I believe. I think it was a hamstring. So it might be a bad one if that's the case. Because Sam Swickowski yeah. was really quickly becoming a premium in John's eyes. <laughs> My favorite bit was John very pro Switkowski, and as he should have been, he was scoring fantastically for the first four weeks, but then dropped a full game 40 and then clearly playing under duress, whipped out like a two in a quarter and a half this week. So yeah, um, yeah, rest up Switter and may you make your way back onto someone else's team at some point. Let's look at Regan's team very quickly becoming, he's definitely not the number one ranked team in the competition. He has a really good argument to be probably 2A along with uh, somebody else who we'll talk about that is 2B. Uh, Regan's team is unfortunately not too bad and I would reluctantly say good because it actually hurts me to say. The the effort that 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 required a good minute to get his team is good out of you. And I feel it because I I don't want to acknowledge it either. But yeah, I'd say, yeah, probably, yeah, if it's not the second best, it's the third best. Definitely. Great performances from his captain and his vice captain option. Robottom 75. Interesting to note that I've been in his DMs for weeks now about Robottom. And I sent him Viney a couple of weeks ago and he laughed me out the door. And then while <laughs> we were, Regan and I and a couple of others were watching the Sydney Richmond game live on the hill. And it, halfway through the game, he turns to me and says, check your notifications. And he sent me a trade for Robottom for Viney again. <laughs> and I held off, and I'm glad I did because Viney turned up the next day, and now you can go get fucked again. <laughs> <laughs> I also sent him a trade that's a trade request that will not be named during the week. And, yeah, it was fortunate. And I was laughed out of the room. Um, and then it was quite fortuitous that it wasn't accepted, I believe. I do just want to check that. That but, it hasn't been accepted. Um, I think... <laughs> No, 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 no. That, that I feel like I did quite well out of him not. Yeah, no, I did. I did well out of him not accepting it. Okay. So, All right. Great. Great. Um, yeah, that was that was that was a win. So yeah, Regan. Maybe. I mean, you're going well, but maybe it would uh, it would help to be a little more open in and and fair in your in your trade dealings because sometimes it can benefit you because clearly you've you've turned down a couple of deals that mm. that may have helped you this week. So uh, not not the way he I have an open it. mind. Not the way he reports yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> We're the the idiots. Um, Just, I need to just re-emphasize one last point. John Madison's scored eleven eighty six, and that that is with two injuries. And my my point before that I was trying to make, and I forgot because I went on a rant about Sam Swakowski, is even if let's be super generous, let's give Switter eighty and Chad eighty, both of them eighties. He's only scoring like. What thirteen forty at that rate? Like thirteen fifty at the most. Yeah. But did you see all the hundreds on his bench? Because I think some of them were unused hundreds. Oh my god, there was two. I could be wrong. Laverde two unused. Laverde yeah. and Waterman both without an E. Oh, sorry, Waterman did have an E on him. <laughs> he didn't use him. Oh, John. <laughs> John. John's had a mare. Maybe there's no. Maybe there's no internet connection in Latvia. We're going to have to employ some sort of witch doctor to remove the podcast curse from people. Like they're going to have to. I don't know. <laughs> Go on TV or something. Are we, are we are we immune? Like, I feel like we've been on it. We're doing okay. No, like we're, I, we're doing okay. I, 
Actually, no, we're not immune. Definitely not immune. I don't want it to happen to me. Mm. We are definitely not immune. I just knocked on wood if you can hear that through the microphone. Uh, John moves to three and two, and Regan moves to four and one, one of the only teams with a bit of separation there. Next up, Gina Grindhart's 14-45, lose to... Can't believe it again. It's, it's happening. It's not going anywhere. I think wow. it's real, and we might need to acknowledge it, and that is censored by Alex, 17-12. What a performance by Alex, because one of his biggest criticisms was you've got the soft draw, you're cobbling together these really crappy wins, your points for is nothing, and you're not really a threat. 17-12 now brings him up to second place behind Keefe's in most points for. Grady, much improved over the last couple of weeks, but no match for this juggernaut of a team. Just going through Grady's team and that man we spoke about a second ago, Chase Jones, 114. Oh, well, I'm just looking at this and, yeah, obviously one of, one of Grady's favourite players. Probably only about 300 points off turning the result around. So if Samson Ryan had dropped at 350, <laughs> um, then Grady would have got the chocolates. But unfortunately, he was about 300 short. And that may be about how many chess marks he dropped. So it may have been within the realms of possibility. Just for the listeners who weren't there, and you might have heard some of the in-jokes of the group uh, over the weekend, but Grady was watching his man, Samson Wright, who is really excited about just so pumped up to have him uh, live on the hill. And I think it took all of about 15 minutes into the first quarter to realize, oh, shit, (laughs) he might be awful. (laughs) And and I can confirm he he really wasn't very good. Uh, Confession time. I wasn't going to burn an RFA, but uh, Samson was in my sights to pick up off the pile last week. He was, and I am very glad that I did not do that. He was the hottest piece of RFA or free agent <laughs> property until everybody saw him play football. A, a genuine Bambi on ice. <laughs> About 10 years in the gym away from uh, having an impact at AFL level, I think. And with that, I think Richmond season might be cooked. And it's not all on Samson, but you can't be running around with your Ruckman. Like Are we that. sure? Are we sure it's not all on Samson? I don't know. I it saw, was pretty I, bad. I saw some absolute traffic cones for Richmond the other night. They were, they were <laughs> awful. <laughs> they, they, they might be done. I, I think they might be done. Alex's team, where, where do you even start with this? He has four scores in his defense in the 90s. So not, none of them cracked a ton, but they all got pretty close, except for Alir Alir, who still popped up with a 76. He has 100, 100, 100, and 100 from four players in his midfield. He has a stupid score from Tim English, and he has 200s in his forward line. And he has a nice 85 on his bench that he didn't even bother to use. So I, I don't know what to make of this team. Like I have, I would say, probably been one of his more harsher critics uh, through my platform, that is, who's on him, the official podcast of the Quadruple AFL. But he's showing me up. I think it's now time to acknowledge that Alex might be the real deal. And regardless, even if he... Falls in an absolute crater at this point. Five and zero gets you to finals. Like that's a, a great foundation to play to play in the the pointy end of the season. Yeah, like if you get to five and zero, it would be like you would have to have if you have a good team, you would have to have so many things go wrong, like multiple injuries, like um, a few player scandals, like a, a punch up in Bali that gets someone suspended for four weeks. Like, and I say that as someone who has Jordan Degoy on their team, but <laughs> but oh, it's just yeah, it's just a kind of pretty rock solid team he has five wins on the board already like even if he cobbles you know a couple of wins out of the buy rounds like he's he's gonna get there from five and oh there's no doubt about it and yeah are, are we all aware team english is averaging 130 points this year mm-hmm. 
The, like, the, that is tough to lose when you have a captain option like that. And the, that may be why he's not even splitting up his vice-captain and captain. <laughs> he is that confident. Just touching on a quick point you made there, JR, you said that for the season to go wrong, you know, you need somebody to basically punch on Mbali and be arrested and out for multiple <laughs> weeks. I have a player in mind. I want you to quickly go through Alex's team. Out of anybody in that list, who do you think would be the most likely to get into punch on Mbali and then miss multiple weeks and ruin Alex's season? <laughs> I want to see if it's the same person. Yeah, I'm just having a look through now. There is... There's a few candidates. The, yeah, look, if I had to go with someone, it's probably Dane Zorko. <laughs> that's, I don't know that's, you that's, that's exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> There's multiple reasons why. I think that track record might suggest that he, he could be uh, prone to that. We're nice and close up here in Brisbane to just fly over to Bali if if required. I think I think that that could be a real possibility. Like, and and I feel like if you're getting in a punch on in Bali, like on your on your week off, like you really have to commit to it and fly like a low cost budget airline, like real like jet star job. You're leaving at one a.m. in the morning, like. And just looking at this team, like Alex's team, I have someone in mind who is least likely to get on to get into a punch up in Bali. And if you have it in front of you, I would just like you to uh, see if we have the same person for this also. Mine is a very logical reasoning for that. Just a quick scan. I think, I don't know if yours would be, but mine would be David Swallow. Is that who yours would be? <laughs> no, no. I, mine's Jack Lukosius. <laughs> yeah, I can see. I could I, not see him. No, nah, I, I can see both of them just avoiding Bali altogether. But I'm pretty sure, pretty <laughs> sure David Swallow might be a man of religion. So I would suggest okay. that uh, he, he might be avoiding Kuda at all costs. Yeah, yeah. Look, look. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Kuda is a particularly sort of place of religious significance. So, well, unless you like bintangs, but this is really quickly becoming Jr. and Dillard's travel blog. <laughs> Avoid the Esplanade Hotel. Don't go to Kuda. Hilton's a bit outdated. <laughs> and never go to Perth. <laughs> we need to move on. But moving on, we need to move on. A hundred percent. Grady goes to one and four. Alex goes to five and zero. Oh. Next game, I said before that Regan was probably 2A. Here is 2B. Rainy your parade, Christian Economou, 16-18 defeat. Danger Club, Stasi Dimku, 14-44. That Jordan Dawson score every week that he keeps rising is just <laughs> sending shivers down my spine. Although, <laughs> nah, actually, I have no leg to stand on. It's, it's sending shivers down my spine. That's fine. Sam Walsh on his return game. You called it to me, JR. You said he will do really well, and I said, no, he won't. He did do really well, 104 Mason Wood just just keeps on being Mason Wood at the moment. Will Snelling picked up, I think, off the free agent heap, 94. Mitch Hinge is actually becoming sort of semi-fantasy relevant, which is a bit of a weird mm-hmm. concept for a player that was delisted not long ago. And as usual, Brad Crouch is just doing what he wants to do. Let's go to Danger Club. Wow. Jesus. Is he in all sorts? One four is tough. One and four is really tough. I think he's had a couple of bad breaks where he, the weeks that he's had good scores, he's run into a, a, a James Davies 1601, which is incredibly <laughs> unfortunate. So I, I, I'm not sure his team's like that bad, but like one and four is a big hole to dig out of. Sorry, as you're speaking, I just saw a player that interested me, so I'm messaging him privately. <laughs> <laughs> if you can hear my keyboard in the background, that is me typing to Sarsi. Can we just touch on the fact that he got rid of Rory Laird, who then promptly dropped an absolute mega score? And then did he pick up Zach Merritt in that trade? Who has then promptly got himself suspended. So that that's a bit of a short term hit. 
which you maybe can't afford at one and four. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough one. I'm really confident to say if he doesn't win this week, I think he's done. I don't think Gorn is back this week. Uh, you might be able to correct me. He may be, maybe not. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm concerned for Stasi's team, although it isn't the worst score in the world for this week. 1444. Uh, sorry. 1444. He just played a really, really good team in uh, Radio Parade. Uh, like you mentioned, Zach Merritt, nice captain score. Tim Kelly is doing pretty well this year. That's nice to see for him. Papley, 130. I don't remember. That was him. an incredible performance. Yeah. How many did he kick? He kicked six. Six goals, too. That yeah, is and, and, and had wild. like 25. It was is, like 25 and six. <laughs> that is wild. Absolutely wild. <laughs> Echo side, Jason Johannesson, 98. That was a free agent pickup not that long ago. And Keefe's of all people Last spotted week. him. Yeah. Keefe's of all people spotted him. And I think he had him in his team for a week and said he's playing back pocket, which is obviously where Jason Johannesson probably did, well, between that and halfback, did a lot of his uh, fantasy damage. And all of a sudden he looks to be there and maybe a stable part of that team. Um, that's how good Keefe's team's going. He's just ditching guys <laughs> averaging like 98. <laughs> Don't not good him. enough to make it. Nah, no. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Not much else to say about this. Echo goes to three and two, but I would say he's probably better than the three and two teams that we uh, have in there, including probably both yours and I. Darcy, one and four. As we mentioned, I think one more win, he could be in a world of hurt. And speaking of world of hurt, next game is the Collie Wobbles playing that man you mentioned, Keefe's Jake Ashenden. Collie Wobbles, 13-65, defeated by Keefe's 14-68. I don't want to say it, but if I apply the same rule to Stasi, I have to apply the same rule to Bradley Williams, and that is if Beeble doesn't win this week and goes to one and five, I think it's game over for him. I'm not sure what's happening with his team. There's movements everywhere, but it, the scores seem to remain the same. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand what's going on. Would you say you sunk his team when you offloaded the albatross that is Aaron Hall? Onto him preseason. I, I think that is a season changer. No, because I was reading a Honeyball, uh, who I used to write for that one article a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> shout out to that's like me. That was like me, like when I was writing for the Adelaide Adrenaline, and I wrote one article, and <laughs> and then decided I couldn't fit it in with my busy work schedule. But, but it, emergency. But it's uh, on your CV forever now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to Keefe's and Beeble who make that joke every time they screenshot a Honeyball article and they say, oh, thanks for talking <laughs> up my boy, Dylan. <laughs> I completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh, Aaron Hall, Honeyball. Uh, on Honeyball this week, uh, Clarko, the quote was from Clarko about how Aaron Hall, they've been slowly building up and he is looking very good for this week. So maybe, wow, maybe it's not going to be as bad as what it first looks. Although when you get given Will Day in the trade, who is just fantastic despite the suspension. Yeah. Uh, it's, it. I reckon it might be a bit of a uh, one-week job because I would not be surprised if my boy uh, Harry Sheezer was rested this mm. week and they may plug Aaron Hall in uh, yep. in that spot. But, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. He, B-Will needs it. He is in a world of hurt. He is really struggling at the moment. I, I don't really know where that, that team goes. Speaking it's, of... It's tough to see. Speaking of world of her, he's got Tom Green there who scored him an okay captain score, 102, who will not be playing this week, also receiving a suspension. Scott Lysette, 27. That man played a whole game of football as a ruckman. How do you do that? I think Scott Lysette's just about done. Like I feel like I haven't seen a lot of port games this year, but I do have Charlie Dixon, uh, who is 
probably averaging about 10 hitouts a game, I'd say, at this point. It seems like they're preferring Dixon Finlayson in the ruck to rolling Lysette through it all. So he might be just about fried, I think. I take it all back, sorry. I see that Scott Lysette played a whole game. He didn't. He actually unceremoniously got subbed. <laughs> so <laughs> apologies to Scott Lysette and to Scott Lysette holders. Um, but no, that, I don't know how much better that is. That might be worse. <laughs> Real concerns when two of the people that you trade in, Kennedy and Hewitt, are dropping a 54 and 69, and Dan Howe, of all people, is dropping 90s to somewhat save some face. I don't don't know what you're going to do, mate. I'm just running out of, yeah, running out of ideas for you. Uh, Keefe's keep on keeping on. 1468 is his lowest score, I believe, for the year, but there's a Dan McStay 3 in there who also went off injured. Give him 50 points, even, like, as a really conservative estimate and he gets a 1500 plus again well, for another week. And, and from, from memory, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I had a look at this score, did he have forties from Mitch Duncan and Bailey Dale? He had 48 from Bailey Dale. Yeah. 57 from Mitch Duncan. Wow. That is. So like, that's not, that's not going to happen very frequently. Hang on. There's more. Uh, LDU 76. Like that's, he's a walking hundred normally. Josh yeah. Ward, 67, okay. Gaff, Gaff's been doing really well. He scored 56 points. McInerney, 50. Like, this is an underperforming team this week. And yeah, if any of those 100%. go close to their average, then, yeah, fear yeah, the Keefe. He has nothing to worry about at the moment. Nah, fear the Keefees. He just needs to sit on that team and just probably just wait until... Let it play out. Yeah, yeah. wait until August. Like, B-Will and I were talking during the week, and we both agreed, and I'd like to put it to the quadruple AFL community, that we just call off the season now. We put Dean's name on the shield, and we redraft and have some fun for the remainder of the year. <laughs> that you will have a very upset Regan, who I think uh, silently, or maybe not so silently, resents the praise the keepies are getting at the moment as for being the best team. And he rates his team very, very highly, I suspect. So he will not be in support of that. Get a Ruckman and I'll uh, consider you an actual threat, Regan. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rule. <laughs> Collie Wobbles, 1365, lose to Keefe's 1468. Wobbles, 1 and 4. Keefe's 4 and 1, but still probably the best team in the competition. And just like that, this next game, one of these teams comes crashing back to earth. <laughs> the yo-yo, seesawing, whatever else you want to call them, basics, James Davies, 13-32, lose to slightly resurgent James Herd Immunity, 15-09. Not sure really what to say about this game. Lucky Neil, fantastic score on Davies' side. And then there's just crap everywhere. Like, <laughs> like there's 80s and oh, there's an odd 90 there, but like... I, I don't know what to say about this, like, honestly. I would say most people's, like, scores so far, for the most part, barring a couple of outliers with injuries and whatever else, are more or less, like, in a pretty defined scoring region uh, for all but uh, James Davies' team. Because <laughs> have you ever seen a team, like, the roller coaster of scores that he's on? Like, 1,600 out of nowhere last week and then barely scratching 1,300 this week. And I feel like that's happened a couple of times as well. Like, yeah. He would actually be low-key terrifying to play. Not because, like, (laughs) you think, oh, I'm going to get rolled here, but it's a combination of he could post one of these weird-ass scores and, oh, shit, I don't (laughs) want to lose to Davies. Dane Rampey scored 150. Like. Charlie's kicked eight goals. <laughs> and, and they're all marks out the back running into an open goal square. 
<laughs> oh, what a roller coaster. Yeah, I, I'm not actually looking forward to playing Davies because there's a certain pressure that comes with it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose to him, but he's dropped like two 1600s, hasn't he? So yeah, he, I think he, he could might. get unlucky. I think he might have. Wow. Definitely one. Definitely a 1600 and like at least one more over 1500. So it is possible you could lose. Flip side, Lockie Norman. Good score, 15.09. One interesting note here is his now apparent captain option who you've been screaming for on the Jellyfishers, uh, Mason Redmond, Riverland hero himself <laughs> and future Adelaide Crow, uh, dropping a <laughs> dropping a 76, which is not the debut that Norman wanted. I'm trying to work out in this game where this score comes from a 1,500 because it's like a really quick glance. I felt like my team scored more this week. Just like I had more 70s and he does 60s. and But he does have a couple hundreds in there, I guess, which do bolster that yeah. up. Uh, Andrew McGrath, 84. Lewis Young, 72. Yeah, whatever. Lockie Whitfield, 86. But the big one is Sean Darcy, 122. Absolutely making a meal out of Ned Moyle on the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> that man is a monster. Him in that like black, like really nice Frio Guernsey that they had. But him in that in the wet and just like towering over everybody. He is like, (laughs) he's a big boy. (laughs) He's a big man. He is a, he is a behemoth. Um, I feel like just to, you may have to cut this out. I feel like I had, I had a point. Oh yes. Sorry. We can, we can uncut now. Lockie Whitfield. um, How long does Lockie continue to ride the Lockie Whitfield? Yeah. Roller coaster because he has played what now five games? I don't know if he's played all of them, maybe four games without copying an injury to an organ. Um, <laughs> Hang on, how many can he? How many can he possibly play? Is your brain without, an uh, is your brain an organ? Because he got concussed one game. And oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, but that's a frequently injured organ. Like I'm talking about more like a, a splenic rupture or like a, a you know something wrong with a, a kidney. Maybe some like a, a, a perforated intestine. Like this man, anything could happen to this man. Speaking of splenic ruptures, on the hill on uh, Thursday, <laughs> Thursday night, I got really excited. At a, I think Darcy Fogarty's fifth goal, and I turned around to like give you a high five and just said, like a general yeah. And I've ended up punching you directly in the spleen, which <laughs> which, which with uh, with glandular fever can uh, often be enlarged and quite vulnerable. So in no fact, internal bleeding. So we, we we were happy with that. One of the rules you told me before the night is I need to take it easy. So please don't punch me in the spleen. I was like, no worries, I can do that. That's, that's one thing I can abide by. <laughs> yeah, but when Darcy Fogarty's lining up for goal, like you have to throw some splenic punches around. Uh, basics also go to one and four. Not a winless team. There is still one winless team in the quadruple AFL. Uh, which we'll get to very shortly. And James Heard Immunity, 1509, go to that log jam in the middle of the quadruple AFL ladder at three and two. Last game of the round. Oh boy. Sneaky Jellyfishers, 1633. Statement performance, statement win against a just hapless and very, very, very <laughs> disoriented uh, dyslexia untied, 1388. I tell you what. It's only one move that he's made in the last week, and that is bringing Callum Mills in, who, honestly, long-term, who knows what he does. But just that name there, among the other mid-range picks that he has, now all of a sudden goes, hmm, is Schmidt actually around the mark? And the performance this week may lend itself to that. Well, and also with, you know, Sarong kind of establishing himself as a very, very viable and uh, strong captain option. At the same time, you could now argue that 
the captain options at the Jellyfishers may have sorted themselves out if Mills gets going and Sarong, yeah, looks like he's going to continue that uh, that ball-winning form. His team all of a sudden has a couple of strong captain options and it does have a lot of depth. So I reckon that they are definitely one to watch. Six times 100 this week for the jellyfishes. The only thing I'll say that we need to probably caution ourselves with in terms of getting too excited about the Sneakies is this team had the potential to do this even before Mills. You could just put it all together in one week where they all score hundreds and it's going to look absolutely fantastic. Maybe before we get a little bit too excited about the Sneakies, we need to just probably consider that this team, even before draft and even before, sorry, after the draft and just before grabbing Mills, had the potential and still has the potential to do this every now and then because he's got players in that mid-range that are going to overperform on you know, every so often occasion and he's got the same players that will underperform. So we've clearly had an overperforming round. Does that continue into next week? Who knows? Yeah, definitely the case, and um, but I think I, I like where I like where the the sneakies are heading, and um, I don't like so much where the uh, dyslexics are heading. I like where the coach is headed. That looks like a lot of fun, but uh, his team his team not so much. Uh, yeah, well, what a fall from grace! It started off preseason. You know, I, I would say the general predictions were that Leachy would make definitely a strong run at finals, if not uh, better than that. And he's currently 0-5. Um, it's all gone wrong. But he does have Jack Steele coming back this week, which may put him uh, back somewhat in the game. But, yeah, 0-5, you, you couldn't possibly imagine he's going to make the finals from there. Things are going wrong when Vlosson has the VC on him. <laughs> <laughs> and... You're then relying on captain score of uh, 174. That's 174 doubled with the C on for, uh, from Dylan Moore. Jeez. Yeah, Leachy, I just don't know what to do here. I really wish you the best in the remainder of the year. We want you to snag some wins. But whew, I'm hoping Steel can be the saviour because this record with this team combined with this American slash Canadian slash European getaway just spells an almost winless season. And I'm telling you, Telford holds a record, but we won't count that. But Grady's two-win season is now looking a little shaky. Like, just a, a little bit off topic of the of the fantasy stuff. Like, have you ever seen someone go on, like, a longer and more expansive holiday? <laughs> it, it sounds absolutely phenomenal. No, you do all... Like, Three of those places, like almost separately, like Canada <laughs> on one trip, and then when your your family yeah. goes up a little bit, you go to America, then you go to Europe, or oh. you know, whatever order. Don't do it all at once. The, the, I tell you what, the the concreting business must be going fantastically because that is an incredible holiday to go on, and I am very jealous. He is hitting all there, yeah, America, Canada, and Europe all in one hit. That is incredible. It must be going pretty well because I don't know. Oh, you're not very active on social media. I am at the moment, and TikTok in particular. And there's uh, some influencers sharing how much they're spending at Coachella. And like <laughs> there was one where it was two small coffees and two burritos costing like 64 US dollars. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good luck, Leachy. I'm hoping that uh, you've saved your pennies beforehand. Just, just speaking of uh, burritos and, and Mexican food, have you also heard that uh, at Coachella they're selling Grady's nachos? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Which I would not pay $64 for. 
No, but you know what you would pay $64 for? And that's Regan steak. <laughs> oh, the steak memes. That, that could be the highlight of the year so far. I Drink hope, up dry steak. <laughs> I hope we're putting these memes somewhere. We do it every fucking year. And by that, I mean the last two years since memes have become a thing in this group. <laughs> but both years we've now gone, ha, oh, this would be funny to show up presentation night. And we then need to like backtrack through thousands upon thousands of messages from the group to actually find them. I think we're now at the point of maybe needing to kind of run a quadruple AFL IT department just to set up the server infrastructure so we can store all of the uh, the memes on there for, for the long term. So if anyone, um, yeah, if anyone knows anyone with a bit of an IT background, that'd be, uh, that'd be fantastic. All right. Anyway, Sneaky Jellyfishers, 16.33. They moved to two and three and looking a little better and Dyslexia Untied moves to naught and five. Let's get a win, Leachy. No winless teams this year by round eight. Let's make that a goal. See how we go. That is it for the fantasy week that was round five. We'll be back after the break with our tips for round six. All right, JR. We're here for round six tips. Let's get into it. It is my game first up. Revolving doors take on Magic Mike. Not going to say mine first. You go. Uh, I am backing you in. We did touch on some of the issues that uh, the Magics had with uh, Adam Saad, uh, obviously likely to miss. And I think there's just a few players that, yeah, may have kind of maxed out. And then last week, you know, may have gone back like your Jake Stringers or, you know, that type of player that uh, might not be that reliable. So I'm going to back you in to respond and I'm going to back the doors to win. Yeah, I'm going to also back myself in. Not as much confidence as what I've had in the last few weeks after the slight reality check from Jared Presbury, but enough to probably, hopefully, get over the battered and bruised Johnsons. I think think it'll be close. I think it'll be close. Mm. It'll be a good game to watch on the Sunday, I reckon. I don't need another stressful Sunday. (laughs) Next game, Wooden Spooners play Slippery Licorice. I'm going to tip in this one the Spooners purely because of form and purely because I've never seen anybody drop below 1,200 in the league. <laughs> I think Telfer, who wasn't fielding a team, even managed to score above that. So, <laughs> Yeah, also also going for the Spooners. John obviously has a, a lot of injury problems with his team at the moment, particularly missing Doherty. That's a, a big out and a, a loss of a captain option, which is never ideal. The fact that he's gone from 1640 and been talked about as a premiership certainty to dropping an 1186 two weeks later and now being written off is just Unreal. an incredible roller coaster. Welcome to the so hopefully AFL. For, yeah, hopefully John can uh, get it back together. But uh, yeah, tipping uh, tipping the spooners this week. You're up next, JR. I'll go first for your game. You are playing censored. Oh, do I dare? Just do it. Just yeah. do it. No, I'm going to. <laughs> Bugger it. JR, I'm going you this week. I think... I said it every week that the bubble has to burst. And if it doesn't burst this week in terms of a shitty score from Alex, then I probably won't be able to tip against him ever again. So this is the last <laughs> opportunity I have to tip against him. I'm backing <laughs> you in because you're showing a bit of promise at the moment. And I think it can't keep happening for Alex. So if you can <laughs> if you can somehow manage to navigate your way through that inevitable huge English score, I think you yeah. might be able to win. Over to you. I, I was going to tip Alex, but you tipping me has pretty much uh, turned me around, and I, I'm going to tip myself, uh, and and particularly with the knowledge that even if I lose, that I'm hoping that there will be a nice uh, spicy Mexican pizza on my doorstep <laughs> on uh, 
on Sunday uh, on Sunday night. So make sure you message him your address because otherwise you get a virtual fruit basket. <laughs> so make make sure you do that. Okay, I will. I will do that. Next game, TVTT's Regan plays Stasi Danger Club. Oh, this is going to be geez. yeah. This like nobody like football and fantasy is a loser here. Um, <laughs> and also, so is Lockie and I, who share a pretty tight knit group chat with both of these. It's going to be insufferable <laughs> all weekend. Uh, with that being said, I will tip Regan for this game. I mean, I know you said it'll be insufferable, but are you looking forward to both of them? Like the minute any sort of like competent player who is probably averaging 80 <laughs> drops a score anywhere over 60, like the, the disbelief from them both will be absolutely <laughs> incredible. So I think that group chat could be very entertaining. Um, I think very unfortunate for Stasi in his current state that he's probably dropped a couple of games that he couldn't afford. And now he's running into Regan's team who are performing quite well. So I am also going for Regan in this game. I mean, I'm tipping him. I'm not going for anyone because, like you said, <laughs> there are no winners out of this game. But unfortunately, there will be a winner. <laughs> the draw would be nice. That'd be like a really, oh, I'd love it. Oh. A, a really, a really unsatisfying like fourteen twelve to fourteen twelve draw. That'd be just perfect. Yeah, yeah. Sign me up. Sign me up for the draw. That would be immensely entertaining. Next game, Gina Grindhart's play Keefe's. Let's not spend too much time on this. <laughs> Keefe's will, mark my words, go to five and one. And if not, Grady, you have an invitation to go on this podcast next week and just spend as much time as you want ripping into me. Uh, Keefe's for me. Yeah, obviously, Keefe's are going to win this one. Um, I would almost be tempted if I'm Grady, like maybe just to get Samson back for a week, like just as a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a, a bit of a laugh. See what he will like, see what he might cobble out this week. Because, uh, yeah, there is... No chance that he gets anywhere near Keefe's this week. This could get ugly. And and I say that having, I think Grady has made some good steps to improve mm. his team, but and it's definitely better than than what it was. So I commend him for that. But geez, the Keefe's, are, the Keefe's might not lose another game for the rest of the year. They are incredibly strong. Lying. Next match, Rainier Parade plays James Heard Immunity, Norman's team. I'll have to go with Echo. I'm just rewarding form at the moment, except for, for some reason, Alex... <laughs> <laughs> is undefeated against you, but I'm just rewarding form for everybody else. So that's where the rule applies. Um, and I will have to go Echo for that reason yourself. Uh, yeah, go on Echo. I think his team's a little bit stronger, um, but Lockie obviously in good form. So yeah, Echo's had a couple of scores where I guess they've been down a little bit on what you'd expect. So there is probably the possibility that he could have a down week, but I still like his team over over Lockie's, I think. Not by a lot, but uh, yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll win. A fantastic opportunity this next game for <laughs> either. I just saw it. Either, <laughs> yeah. either of these teams. This is a hundred percent the Sunday. For, actually, no. This is the, this is the early Sunday game. <laughs> like, like, can you can you play this any further west of Perth? Because that is where the, I'd want this game played. It is the one and four Collie Wobbles playing the Norton Five Dyslexia Untied Leeches. I'll be honest, unless my tip will only change, so mark my words in this pod, that as it stands, I am tipping, believe it or not, Leachy to win this game with, with Steel coming back because Beagle has a lot of uh, outs in terms of big boys, Tom Green and so on. But if he were to make moves this week and somehow change that, then I'm going Beagle. But for now, Leachy. Okay, so... <laughs> 
And I'd imagine that some of these moves could be very dependent on you. So <laughs> you could definitely predetermine the outcome of this. So I'm not surprised that you've put in two tips for the same game. And can I say that I've laid a lot of money on both teams on Normbet already. So <laughs> may, the, may, the winner be my ba- may the winner be my bank account. <laughs> but the loser will be your bank account because the odds don't add up. So if you put money on both, you can't possibly win. <laughs> um. Look, I'm going to tip B-Will. I think he may be a little more engaged, you know, having, you know, being in the country. I feel like he's trying hard to make moves. But if you told me this game was a draw, I would both not be surprised and also love it. Give me two draws this week. Give me the Stasi Regan draw and give me the B-Will Leachy draw. I'm all for I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all for it. Fantastic. Yeah, but... But uh, yeah, B-Will. hopefully one of these boys can... <laughs> well, B-Will's got on the board, but they are both crying out for a win. Last game of the round, basics, James Davies play, Sneaky Jellyfishers, Adam Schmidt. Naturally, I'm going to go Schmidt for this game just because he has the better team on paper. But like we said, there's just something about playing Davies that we don't enjoy. He, he is Hawthorne in Tasmania. So... <laughs> <laughs> He is absolutely Hawthorne in Tasmania. And yeah, obviously, obviously Schmitty, he's uh, yeah improving his team, I think. And he's trending up in form. But gee, when you're trending up in form and you think you're going in the right direction, there just seems to maybe be a James Davies scrap heap special just around the corner, like with a, a random 1530 or like a 1600. So yeah, the, the I'll, I'll be tipping the jellies, but uh, they'll have to be on their game and just look out for what possible just defenders that uh, Davies pulls off the scrap heap this week? Well, in his team currently, the one I'm looking at on the bench is Isaac Quainor, uh, who is averaging 63 <laughs> with a high score of 69. Quainor watch this week. If he, if he goes anywhere above 85, then we, we need to, I don't know, check Davies' intel because he is po- quite possibly the free agent whisperer. <laughs> he is a free agent whisperer. So uh, anyone out there... Uh, Collingwood are playing Essendon on Anzac Day this week, aren't they? Mm. That, uh, yeah, that is this week. And um, yeah, so anyone with a bit of money out there, if you want to throw all of your savings on Isaac Quainer for the Anzac Day medal, then I would Ooh. highly recommend it. <laughs> might, might have to check that after. Gamble, gamble responsibly. <laughs> they were the tips for round six. We will come back and wrap up after the break. Wrapping up here on Who's On Him. JR, thank you once again for your time. Welcome back to the podcast. We have missed you on here. Was it a weird experience hearing somebody in your place? Uh, yeah, it, it was. Um, look, full disclosure, I didn't actually get through the uh, first of the replacement wow. podcast episodes. I got about halfway through and then I was very, very sick. So <laughs> I uh, had to call it quits on that one, but uh, did get all the way through the last one, which was... Uh, an outstanding effort. So I still have to actually go back and, and listen to that first one. But uh, yeah, great to great to be back. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this Regan and Stasi matchup because there will be barbs flying. There will be excuses. There will be mock disbelief at uh, players scoring 20 points below their average. Um, yeah, I, I that is the one I'm looking forward to this week. I might even, once we hop off this uh, podcast, Zoom call, may even chuck a little message in the group just to hype up the game. Let's get things started. Excellent. Uh, also, just like to uh, make a, a special shout out to the Who's Who's On Him uh, podcast. Um, favorite son, Anthony Caminiti. Oh, yes. I think it's Caminiti. Um, you know, obviously we've, you know, we're fans of Caminiti and he's mm. probably become a bit of a, 
I mean, not quite to a to a Marby or Chol level, but a bit of a uh, you know, uh, what's the cult hero? What's the word I'm looking for? Cult hero for the uh, for the group. That's it. Thank you. And uh, unfortunately, he was suspended for three Ass- matches for assault, <laughs> throwing it <laughs> basically throwing an elbow straight into someone's face. So. Um, look, he'll be he'll be gone for three weeks, and I'd imagine maybe have to spend some time in the VFL on his return. But uh, yeah, we wish him well, and um, yeah, we thank him for all the uh, the highlights of the first five weeks. I know we're wrapping up. I've got to make one point. It rattles me so much that you can do that on a football field and get a three game suspension. But if you do that on Highland Street, you've got a court date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, that's just footy, isn't it? A <laughs> uh, uh, bit of banter between the boys. Boys will be boys. <laughs> JR, thank you for your time once again. We'll see you next week. Thanks, mate. Catch you later.